couple of months ago, I brought to you the news of Archbishop Vigano taking some very much needed, more direct action, much more so than he had before. Previous to the announcement that he made a couple of months ago, he had famously been writing letters from wherever it is that he has been living out of the public eye, making barely a conference appearance here and there, all but one time of those only on camera from a computer somewhere. And the one other time he appeared at an event, and I think it was Germany in person before quietly going back to wherever it was he was secretly living. That announcement he made a couple of months ago was the launching of Exerge Domine, his sort of his own version of the Coalition for Canceled Priests, where he would create some infrastructure to help traditional priests. These are priests who offer the traditional mass and the traditional pre-conciliar form of the sacraments and who are dedicated to traditional Catholicism. He would offer them institutional support of various kinds. And it first started out in Europe only, predominantly in Italy. And then about a month ago, he announced that it was expanding to the United States. This last night, he made an, another big announcement, and it got lost in some news. And the news it got lost in was, one, the Coalition for Canceled Priests has issued their formal response to Father Lavelle, and I'll cover that probably tomorrow morning in a live stream. I'm wanting to give Father Lavelle an opportunity to respond to it himself, and I know that his lawyer is in the process of writing something. So I'm hoping that they'll have that up in public today so I can have those side by side tomorrow because the more I look at this issue, the less side, the less that I want to take a single side in it. So I'd like to have both statements side by side for people to make up their own mind. But the other news that it came on the heels of was Cardinal Wilton Gregory saying some really surprising things, not surprising in the slightest, but in terms of the tone he used and in just the sort of aw shucks happiness way he had of telling us what he really thinks of traditional Catholicism. And I will probably be putting that in a video for Monday morning. But needless to say, the thumbnail for that video, which has already been made to the thumbnail anyway, has uh, has him done up like Jason Voorhees for a reason. <laughs> okay, so be watching for that because uh, our hosts, are, for whatever reason, aren't letting as many people know about my daily news videos as they are about my live streams. But we'll be covering that then. But this news from Archbishop Figano got lost in that shuffle. I saw almost nobody speaking about this. So he announced the creation of what he's called the Collegium Traditionis. And he put out a, a, this is what you're seeing on your screen is the actual newsletter for Exerge Domine. And his announcement is the Collegium Traditionis is born. This is a, for the house of formation for seminarians to make sure they get the proper formation before they be enter seminary and become priests. This is very, very big because one of the things that, that had happened after Exerge Domine was a whisper campaign was started against Archbishop Vigano. They making some accusations that if it's true, people need to bring the receipts for, they need to bring the evidence for it because otherwise they're just spreading rumors and strictly speaking, that's a sin. So here we go from Archbishop Vigano, the Collegium Traditionis is born a traditional house of clerical formation. Dear friends and benefactors on December 2nd, the president of Exerge Domine, offered hospitality in Torito de Siena for the celebration of Mass on the first Saturday of the month, 
followed by a reception attended by a number of friends and supporters. It was an opportunity to get to know each other in person or to meet again and to let you know about the decision to undertake the establishment of the Collegium Traditionis, the house of clerical formation that will welcome young traditional vocations and accompany them with discernment toward the priesthood. I invite you to read my homily for a more complete picture. Needless to say, this ambitious project responds to an obvious pastoral need of the faithful, especially in Italy, and to my duty as successor of the apostles to ensure a doctrinally and morally safe harbor for, a new, for new and holy vocations. Only with a long-term view projected toward the future of our children will we be able to create the basis for the rebirth of a genuinely Christian society. Without workers you know well, the vineyard of the Lord bears no fruit. By now you will have learned of the unilateral decision of the nuns of Pienza not to continue on the path they had taken to abandon the monastic village project, which Exerge Domine had generously offered them. Let's pause here. I had covered, I want to say, in the spring and summer of this year, the story of a group of Benedictine nuns in Italy who had been essentially canceled by their bishop. And it was done in some really gross ways. And, and Vigano had written back and forth letters to them. They accepted this offer to help. And now they've backed down for their own reasons. So we'll continue. Now, going into the merits of the choice of the Benedictine community, I would like to reiterate, as the president of Exerge Domine has already had the opportunity to communicate, that what has been done so far, thanks to your support, will not be interrupted, but will simply be adapted to the new destination of the properties and buildings. No longer a synobium for nuns, but a seminary and a place of retreat for those who feel called to the service of God. Pause here again. This is him addressing directly a concern that some have had. Some have alleged that he is ordaining priests who have had no formal seminary education or no formal formation. If they have that evidence, they should bring it out. That is because it's a very serious charge to level at Archbishop Vigano. But here he is creating the infrastructure to make sure that that doesn't happen. Let's continue. I also believe that this change will allow the, has allowed the realization of something more urgent and certainly desired by divine providence. Of course, I cannot help but feel sorry for the attacks made against Exerge Domine, but you know better than I that any work that has a supernatural purpose is targeted by the devil. So let us not be surprised if even our efforts, however prudent and conscientious they may be, are made the object of ungenerous criticism and slander. This will rather enable us to commit ourselves with greater confidence to the Lord's help. This new issue of Exerge Domine newsletter is published on a special and symbolic occasion, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is under her patronage that we place our apostolate, our activity, our commitment, but also your families, your attentions, and concerns. To her, our queen and lady, we entrust ourselves, our loved ones, and all of you, whose prayers and material support have made possible what has been done so far. We'll leave it there for the moment. Um, he has also a homily here which i'll which i'll get to in a moment but i actually first i want to go and have us take a look at the exerge domine website together because this is not the exerge domine website the collegium traditionis website because this is the the project itself is very very important because you get some idea into what his thinking is behind the collegium here, but I'm going to check the comments first to see if anybody is saying anything here. Um, good morning to Miriam, to Trisha in the chat. Patrick Melling is uh, has something interesting I'll bring up here. He says, our, our traditional Latin mass priest in Perth is about to be canceled. 
the finest TLM in Australia, six choirs, young people everywhere, 1952, right? Interesting. Letter from Archbishop Mondet, very threatening. We will fight it. Send me a copy of that letter if you can, please. Uh, it's in my, my email address is in the drop down box so we can bring some attention to his plight. I've been to Perth. It's beautiful, but I'm not surprised that the place, it, just from my recollection of the place, it, I am not surprised that there's uh, some hostility to the traditional faith. So send me a copy of that letter so we can bring some attention to it. Um, what order will these priests belong to? If you're being for the exerge dominate, I don't think they'll be part of an order. I There is some organizational questions that I have for Archbishop Vigano. And because when we talk about traditional priests, we do know, if we say an FSSP priest, we know what we're talking about, or an SSPX or SSPV. When you say those identifiers, you know what you're talking about. With these, we're not sure. They might still be independent, but even then, they'll be answering to Vigano and eventually whoever succeeds them later. So how independent are they? And it could be that they'll just, we'll just refer to them as um, ED priests, exerge dominate priests, right? So we'll find out here, but let's actually go to back to the exerge dominate website here where we find the Collegium Traditionis. And here we go. The forward. There are hundreds, thousands of clerics, priests, religious, and laity in the church today to whom a tyrannical and corrupt authority denies a sacrosanct right to be faithful to our Lord, as our brothers in the faith have been for 2,000 years. It does not tolerate tradition. The rigid inditrists must be regarded as suffering from a pathological disorder and must be ousted from the church. Little does it matter if they remain on the street without means of livelihood and without housing. In recent years, an increasing number of priests, seminarians, and young people who feel called to God's service and fidelity to the Catholic tradition have come to me seeking help and support. It is time to organize a network of support and resistance to curb this disastrous situation. This is all the more necessary at a time when seminaries, distorted in discipline and doctrinal formation, are receptacles of corruption and schools of heresy for the few who still dare to venture there. What is needed then is a formation for the priesthood that is solid and uncompromising, and one that is economically self-sufficient so as not to have to fear Vatican retaliation. So where is it located? A suitable facility to house the Collegium has been identified on a large property in the province of Viterbo. Work is already in advanced stage, both in terms of the renovation and restoration of the existing buildings and the construction of the newly designed buildings. The Collegium has a choir or church with a choir, the center of life for clerics and religious. Surrounding the house of God is the house of his servants, the chapter house, classrooms for lectures, refectory with kitchens and adjoining spaces, cells, and all that a citadel of Christian life must have. A guest house will also be created on the property to accommodate those who want to get to know the community, gather in prayer, and follow a spiritual retreat. The Collegium is intended to welcome those clerics and religious who find themselves deprived of their parish or are estranged from the community because of their incompatibility with the doctrinal, moral, and spiritual approach of the Bergolian Church. Exerge Domine will give them the opportunity for community life on the Tridentine model, Tridentine model, meaning pre-conciliar model of collegiate churches, so that these clerics and religious can help each other in the gospel spirit and in the bond of charity, to sanctify themselves and remain faithful to their vocation. The common celebration of the divine liturgy, that would be the Holy Mass and the divine office, and the sharing of a rule that will mark the rhythms of their lives will enable them to rediscover the authentic meaning of the call to the Sicala Christi, putting their talents at the disposal of their confreres and the faithful. Let's pause here. The basic question that comes from this is, what is that rule of life? Um, the vast majority of, re of religious orders invoke the rule of St. Benedict to some degree, and a lot of seminaries do too. So I'm going to assume that the rule of St. Benedict is coming into play here at some point. 
Saint Benedict was the founder of of uh, Western monasticism, or is generally considered anyway the father of Western monasticism. Let's not you know underestimate his predecessors like Saint Augustine and others in that process, but his rule dominates every pretty much everything. You you'll be hard pressed to find religious orders that don't use the rule of Saint Benedict, even if they are Augustinians and others. But I would like to know personally what the rule is. If they or if they're coming up with their own rule modified from something else, um, other organizational things, including he mentions that other be other priests who will be here. So then that begins some questions about funding and what will their role be in the community. And also because as they're being very public about their location here, I'm going to assume that means Vigano himself will probably not be there. Although he, he in the modern age he can do oversight at least from a distance. But it does beg what questions of what's going to happen when the local ordinary begins to sending representatives from the Vatican there, especially if it goes the way it did with those nuns, where they start brought, brought in the local arm of the law. Let's continue. The collegium will also be open to clerical formation so as to welcome young people who wish to respond to the Lord's call to devote themselves entirely to his glory and the sanctification of souls. This project will obviously require great commitment and a necessary selection of candidates in order to give each one the opportunity to assimilate the traditional approach of an ecclesiastical community inspired by the dictates of the reform desired by St. Charles Borromeo in application of the decrees of the Council of Trent. So like much of the modern formation of priests, seminary formation, instead of being apprentices to other priests, began after the Council of Trent. You would be, you got the, it was a true, Trent was the true reformation of the church. That was where we got the modern system for training priests in a uniform manner because it was very desperately needed. Much of the cause of the problems of the Reformation, you notice that there were a lot of Catholic priests involved in the Reformation who had some really strange ideas of theology. It was meant to correct a lot of that as well as some other things. And then we have under the nominations heading, it says, The spirit that animates the Collegium Traditionis and the entire activity of Sergei Domine is marked by the primacy of God in the life of each member of the community. Christ the King and Mary the Queen must first reign in the souls and hearts of individuals so that they can then reign in community life and be an example and edification for the faithful. Those who would like to join this ambitious adventure can make available the gifts of the Lord that has given them organizational skills, cultural formation, artistic gifts, talents, and the different tasks that characterize life in common are necessary and welcome if animated by a generous spirit of service and love of God above, God above all things. Utin omnibus and that is from the website there. And we will uh, end this with uh, looking at his his homily, but it's long. It's, it's, it's a really long homily. So, yes, traditional Catholic says it sounds like a house of discernment combined with seminary for those to, who, who discerned. Yes, that's what it is. And he's clearly bringing in other people to do the education, which is critically important. Um. Isn't this type of seminary already set up with the SSPX? Yes, but there need to be more organizations like that. More the merrier. They really do. Um, and for now, this sounds like it's going to be in Italy, but he already announced like Sergei Domine USA. So don't be surprised if next year you get um, the uh, House of Formation located somewhere in the American heartland next year. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Um, Donald Morgan does disagree. says, we do not need many different I don't know why you'd use the word sect, SSPX, FSSP, SP. The traditional societies need to be aligned as a unified front to defeat modernism. Well, there, I, th I, I would disagree because I do believe having the most options possible is helpful. The only problem I would see is that you're going to have some com competition for fundraising. That's my only, that's mine. I, I disagree, but 
people are free to disagree or agree on this. Um, I do worry about lack of some lack of oversight, those kinds of things that happen when you get these sorts of problems. But again, the SSPX have this could have had this problem too, and they seem to have handled it fine. Um, Traditionalist Catholic says the SSPX is possibly overstretched. I don't think it's. Po I think you're being nice about it. They are overstretched. Their priests rarely are at their parishes or at their chapels. The one here located outside of Oklahoma City, the priest um, often drives down from Washington, or not Washington, he drives down from Kansas, and he goes, he offers the mass before driving off to some other place to offer a mass outside of a parish somewhere. The, the priests are rarely available at their permanent locations. And it, it would be, this is why I don't think the SSPX mind when other organizations set themselves up, as long as they take due diligence to do it. Um, and so here we're going to go, I think, back to the actual newsletter of Vigano. So we have all that context here. So we have the, for the, he says, Adeimus cum fiducia, for the votive mass of the Immaculate Heart of Mary Most Holy. This would have been, again, a homily given on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception just yesterday. Dear brothers and friends, on this first Saturday of December, the introit of the votive mass in honor of the Immaculate Heart of Mary is an invitation for us to turn to the mediatrics of all graces, to the one who is almighty by grace. While the world and the church are besieged by an attack, that seems to overwhelm everything in general apostasy. Let us approach the throne of graces with confidence to obtain mercy and find grace to help us in the right time. These are the concluding words of the fourth chapters of St. Paul's epistle in which the apostle speaks to us of Christ the high priest. There's no creature that remains hidden from him, but all things are naked and open in his eyes. To him we must render an account. Immediately afterwards, having therefore a great high priest who has passed through to the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us remain firm in the profession of our faith. The reason why the church wanted to propose as part of the Mass of the Immaculate Heart a passage of scripture relating to her divine son lies, first of all, in Virgin Mother's role of co-redemptrix. Ergo sum ostia, see John chapter 10, verse 7. The Lord said, I am the gate, and that doorway of grace is the most sacred heart of Jesus, wide open to welcome each one of us. But we also invoke Mary Most Holy as Unicicheli, the gate of paradise. Hold here. It's going over the something that a lot of modern Catholics have a problem with, which is the concept of the Blessed Virgin Mary as co-redemptrix. I can show you sometime, if you want, all the preconciliar popes going back a very long time calling her co-redemptrix. It's never been formally defined as a dogma. It was one of the things that the, called them the more orthodox wing of the church, it, the council, was hoping Pope John Twenty-Third would do at the council was formally define the dogma of Mary as co-redemptrix. Didn't happen, of course, but it's uh, many believe that it will be something that will be done at the end of the current crisis in the church. Vino continues saying, Christ the Lord is universal mediator by virtue of his incarnation, passion, and death. Our Lady is mediatrix by virtue of her divine motherhood and her compassion at the cross of her son. Devotion to the most sacred heart of Jesus and to the Immaculate Heart of Mary is a powerful refuge for us, especially when the Passio Christi continues in the Passio Ecclesia not only in its individual members, but the entire ecclesial body. It is in these hours of darkness and apostasy when it all seems lost. The pierced heart of the Savior opens in the immolation of love to the repentant soul and the heart of the Virgin. Pierced by the sword, beats in unison with that of her son. Ours is a world without love, because it is without God. A world in which God has been banished from society, and as horrible as it may seem, in which the same enemies that rage in the secular world would also like to oust him from the church, turning her into a 
to a stone cutter group subservient to the powers that should not be. The city of God seems to be a distant memory of a bygone era, while the city of the devil is established in almost all once Christian nations. But we forget that the city of God is not a utopia that deceived our fathers, but rather the necessary realization of the apostle. It is necessary for our Lord to reign until he has placed all his enemies under his feet. There are therefore enemies, and today we know well who they are, destined to be humiliated by the king of kings, and their fate is sealed. It is only a matter of time. Enemies who today have united in an infernal alliance between the powers that should not be in the state and the church to hasten their delirious plan of ruling everything. A project that is the exact opposite of the the regnum veritatis et vitae, regnum sanctitatis et gratia, regnum justitate, amoris et pacis, of which the preface of the feast of the Christ the King speaks. The kingdom of the Antichrist is a kingdom of lies and death, a kingdom of twisted and condemnation, a kingdom of injustice, hatred, and war. And if in the economy of redemption, everything that comes to us from God is freely given, and the fruit of his generous magnificence, where Satan reigns over everything, can be monetized, everything is brought and sold. Everything has a price. The restoration of the divine kingship of our Lord cannot be attained, however, without first restoring the Catholic priesthood, on which depend the survival of the holy sacrifice of the Mass, the most holy Eucharist, and the sacramental grace by which souls are sanctified. And just as a body cannot subsist without a heart, so too the Catholic Church cannot live without the priesthood, through which the Eucharistic sacrifice, the beating heart of the mystical body, is perpetuated on our altars. Let's pause there. This His mission for this organization is the restoration of the social reign of Christ the king, full stop. That's not surprising if you've been following the trajectory of Vigano's letters since 2018, where they were first super focused on the church and then became focused in a really weird way on stuff going on in the secular world before bringing those back together. This is for the social reign of Christ the king. My Latin is awful, Neil. <laughs> I just skipped over a lot of that Latin. I've never heard anybody say my Latin was good before. So Stella said Vigano posted a video on YouTube yesterday for the Dr. Ed Mazza conference. It was impressive and has since been removed. They're probably going to edit it a little bit, I suspect, and then re-upload it. Um, he had been promoting his appearance at, at Dr. Uh, Mazza's conference for some time. So don't be surprised that... Uh, that they'd pull it down. They're going to put it back up though. I, I, I would assume if not, Vigano will put it up himself. He has done that in the past. Um, and yes, please hit the like button. If you have not yet, we'll wrap this up. We'll wrap this. I'm not going to read this full thing. The thing is like super long, but um, the, the point here is that he is, they, this is for the social reign of Christ the King. That's all this is for. And one of the core arguments that happened at Vatican II and in the aftermath, this is what led to uh, Archbishop Lefebvre having the issues with Rome that he did, was there was a famous debate quietly behind the scenes in writing an exchange of letters between then Cardinal Ratzinger and Archbishop Lefebvre. And Archbishop Lefebvre could not get Ratzinger to uphold the doctrine of the social reign of Christ the King. The post-conciliar Christ the King feast is very different than the one that than the feast that was established in the 1920s, which is reiterated what the church has always said about how Christ must reign over everything. The, the doctrines behind it are very, very different. And uh, Dr. Kwasniewski has an article on that that he shared. I keep meaning to do a video on it. Um, maybe I can get him on an interview at some point next year before the Feast of Christ the King on the traditional calendar so we can really talk about the 
differences in the approach because it's important. But a traditionalist Catholic says the social kingship of Christ should be brought back. It absolutely should be. It absolutely should be. And I think that's the core of our problems in the church today. Hill Summit says he's waiting for a bishop cardinal to make a direct reference to St. Malachi. Uh, probably you're never going to see it because the St. Malachi prophecy is widely thought to be fake. That's why. it's was found two centuries after he was gone, and it doesn't line up with any of his writings, and it doesn't line up with Catholic prophecy. A lot of people have too much, too much, all their eggs in that basket. And after Francis is gone, you're going to see another pope step out on the loggia, and they'll either smash that, that prophecy's credibility, or it'll confirm some people that he was an anti-pope, and then they'll just continue repeating it until that pope's next successor comes out on the loggia. I'm not a believer in the same Malachi prophecy. It doesn't make sense. Um, anyway, folks, I think we're going to wrap this up here. Jeb, if there's any questions in the chat, now is your time to get them in, because... I think this was some very good news from the good archbishop, and he is responding clearly to those who were just saying all he does is write letters, and I'm glad that he is doing more than that now. I like to keep these relatively brief, because there are a lot of live streams you could be watching today. I do have a news video going live in about two hours, actually an hour and a half, and my the Exerge Domine links will be linked there at that time. Um, if you haven't had your cup of coffee yet, go get your cup of coffee, and uh, make sure to pray for the church. And um, also we have a uh, something for Fulton Sheen that's already live on the channel, reminding us about what, you know, it's a good reminder about the season of giving that we're in, that what it really means and what as Christians, how we should approach these things. Anyway, folks, thanks for tuning in today. May God bless you. <laughs>